Remembering and relying upon God's Word. That's next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. be with you and welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is in the early stages of a study in 2 Peter. Now, when we're in the midst of difficulty, like we are right now, it's easy to forget the basics, and that's why we need constant reminders like the one we'll receive today. Pastor Ed will show us why we really need to rely upon God's Word at times like this. I know meditation gets confused in the world today because the world's way of talking about meditation is to empty yourself, empty yourself, empty yourself, and fill yourself with the universe. But that's not biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is to fill yourself with the Word of God and repeat it over and over and over again. It it has the idea of of the picture of chewing the cud, where you would take it in, like an, an animal would take it in, chew it, swallow it, bring it back up, chew it, swallow it, bring it back to get every single ounce of nutrients that you could possibly get. And what does this do? Notice in verse 12, it establishes you. You are established. The reason I'm repeating things to you, the reason why you hear things over and over again, even in this church, is so that you might be established. There's nothing greater than a life of abiding in Christ. There's nothing greater. You don't attain to anything more than abiding in Christ and living in his rest and knowing that you're hearing from and being led by the Holy Spirit. Because when you're abiding in Christ, wherever you are, that's where the Lord wants you. When you're abiding in Christ, his comfort and strength is with you. When you're abiding in Christ, your, your life is lived in such a way where you know that you know that you're loved and cared for. And notice, it's simplicity will always be under attack. Notice verse 16 now. He says, I'm going to repeat these simple things. I'm going to make sure I'm telling you now. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to write it down so after I'm gone, I will always be reminding you for... We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received from God the Father honor, and for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the most excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. The ministry of Peter and the apostles was under attack by many false leaders. Remember, Peter wrote his first letter primarily to the pilgrims, to the believers that are scattered because of persecution. Now he's writing his second letter to the same group of people, but now they've got a bigger problem. In the midst of the scattering and the persecution, false teachers defectors, if you will, men and women that saw opportunity and turned on the real true gospel to take advantage of hurt, weary people. And he's like, look, those guys, they were not there. I was there. 
We were eyewitnesses. We're not following fables. You know how today, I'm sure you've even met people today where you talk to them about the Bible, you talk to them about your faith, and you go, oh, you don't believe in those fairy tales, do you? And you're like, yeah. However, an accusation like that, if given at the wrong day, at the wrong time, could really stumble you. Because things are happening in your life, and you go, I don't know, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe there are fairy tales. Maybe those accusations are true. Maybe it's just a book that man wrote, and it's not really divine. I mean, you got to really guard your heart because those accusations are strong. You have to go back. Now, you and, you and I don't have the same testimony as Peter. We weren't, we, we weren't eyewitnesses. We weren't there. We weren't up on the Mount of Transfiguration, which he's referring to here in Matthew, I think, 17. We weren't there, but I'll tell you what you do have. You are an eyewitness. Maybe you didn't see Jesus yourself. We weren't at the cross. We didn't see him rise again. He didn't make food for us on the side of the Sea of Galilee uh, as he came to encourage us. Uh, maybe that's not our testimony, but I'll tell you what you do have. You're an eyewitness to your transformed life. You're an eyewitness to your dad's transformed life. You're an eyewitness to the gospel working in people's lives that you saw with your own eyes, your own, you experienced in your own home. You experience it at your own workplace. You yourself have those times in your life where you go, you know what, I know you think these are fairy tales, but let me tell you about a day where I read the scriptures and God spoke to me and it completely changed my life. Now, they may still say, oh, you know, that's not true. It's not fairy tales, but you're an eyewitness. You're doing what, what Peter's doing right here. Hey, we didn't follow fairy tales. We were with him, he says. I was with him. You know, Peter had the advantage. I hung out with him. You know, he is Jesus Christ. I remember, you know, Peter could go on and on, couldn't he? Of all the mistakes that he made, they now are his testimony. Hey, I remember the time, you know, I said, and I, I, everyone would deny him, uh, but, but I was actually the one that denied him. I really did. I failed. You know, I'm looking at everyone. I was so confident. Jesus, you know, he was, even before he died, just when we were hanging out with him, I was so confident. I thought, man, all my friends, they'll just bail on him, but not me. I'll never bail on him. And you know what I did? I bailed on him. I denied him. Can you imagine? My best friend, I denied him. And I thought it was over. I thought it was over. And then when he died alone and I wasn't there, what kind of guy am I? What kind of friend am I? What am I going to do with my life? I just wanted to go back and go fishing. Just go back. It was all a dream. I thought, I, you know, I can say, maybe Peter could say this. You know, I thought maybe for a while it wasn't real either. I couldn't live up to it. But then something amazing happened. Jesus rose again from the dead. And he came and talked to me. And he said, it's okay. I love you, Peter. And I have a plan and a purpose for you. Just go and take care of my sheep. And you know, he wasn't even talking about sheep. He was talking about people. And here you and I right now, we're talking about that event. I was an eyewitness. Think about even how you could turn your failures around. And you can talk to someone and go, you know what? Let me tell you my story. I'm an eyewitness of the very transformative power of God in my life. Let me tell you what I know, what I experience. Let me share, from, share with you from a position of weakness 
I know we look at all our weaknesses, all our failures, everything. And we're like, man, I I wish it never happened. I do too, but they did happen. And now they have been turned around by God to bring bring it about to this day that you are an eyewitness of the power of God. It's not just Peter. You're not following fairy tales. These are not fables. These are true stories of true people. It reminded me, because I think it's on the radio right now, but it reminded me. Remember we went through the Hall of Faith? True story after true story after true story. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. Every week, all that seed, every week, even through the time where we weren't open. True story, God's faith, God's faithful, God's faithful, God's faithful. All of those guys in the hall of faith, humans like you and me, what were they remembered for? God's faithfulness and their response with faith. That's your story. So the next time somebody says, oh, you're just fairy tales, you know, and I know they, I know it's just a defense mechanism as God's been working on them. And they got a Christian. It wasn't me that got close to them. You're right there in the office with them. So they're defensive because their lifestyle is such that's hurting and harming them and they know it. And so their go-to, yeah, you're just, oh, that fake stuff. You probably believe in Disney too. So it's another movie, another fairy tale, another fable. You know, in Rome, with all the Greek culture, I mean, they were into fairy tales and fables. I mean, even so, uh, many of those stories are still with us today. He goes, no, you don't get it. This, you know, this, isn't, this isn't from, you know, the tablet of Gilgamesh. This isn't Mars Hill. This is God in human flesh who died for you so that you might live eternally with him forever. He says in verse 17, we receive, he received, they were eyewitness of his majesty, not just his humanity, but his majesty. And then he points to the time in Matthew's gospel. Let me, you can jot it down, but in Matthew chapter 17, in verses 1 through 13 is the episode of the transfiguration where it says Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light and then Moses shows up and Elijah shows up and then what does Peter do? Another mistake that he's using. He's like, whoa, why can't we just stay up here forever? Build a couple of tents here and we can live up on the mountaintop all by ourselves and just live in the glory of Jesus. Nope. No, that's not where it's at. Where it's at is down with the people. I didn't die. I'm not going to die so you can live on a mountaintop. I'm going to die so you can live in the valleys. I'm going to rise again so you can live victoriously. And it is, what an experience that was. They even heard the voice. They saw the glory, the majesty. They heard the voice. I mean, they heard God's voice from heaven. I mean, that's just, we read it because it's in the Bible, you know, we read it all the time. But they heard, they didn't just see the glory, but they heard God's voice from heaven. Audibly, out loud. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I think, man, what an experience that was. What an awesome experience it was. And I'm sure many of us today, we would like an experience like that. I mean, that's amazing. I would like a testimony. I heard God's voice from heaven. I would. And I think if we were given the choice today between a great experience on the mountaintop or the Old Testament, 
The things that you experience in the Old Testament where they all died in faith, not receiving the promise. I think we would choose the experience. I mean, if we were given the choice, hey, a, a week of hardship or a day of experience, right? give me experience. If we were given the opportunity, read your Bible every day or live off experience, I'll take experience. If we were given the choice, you know, you can replace your entire prayer life with one glorious experience on the mountaintop. That's all it takes. I think we would probably choose the experience. You know, many ministries have been built around experience and emotion and hyped up, you know, emotionalism. And so people get real excited because you, you're always tapping the emotions. Don't get me wrong. God taps the emotions. But you got to know the difference between God tapping your emotions and the manipulations of man. So they might take advantage of you. How do you know the difference? You know, because that's a good question. How, okay, Ed, I, I, I do believe God touches the emotions. is all through the scriptures. But I also know through ministries that exist today, television, all kinds of nonsense, I, I know that man manipulates emotions to make themselves, you know, powerful and whatever. You take the money and all that stuff like we were warned against. So how do you know the difference? Verse 19, I'm glad you asked. Because he, sort, he sorts it out. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Again, now answering the fables, he says, look, I saw it. I'm an eyewitness, but here's the beauty about experience. The experience was validated by the word of God. The prophetic word confirmed were all the prophecies, all the words speaking of coming Messiah, up to 330 or so prophecies, predictions that were pointing to the coming of Messiah. That prophetic word, God's promises were fulfilled. We have it fulfilled. So that today we ourselves can claim the same promise. Not only do we have the prophetic word fulfilled, but we also have the confidence that the rest of prophecy will also be fulfilled. Because there's not a word of God that hasn't come to pass. There's not a promise of God in his timing that hasn't come to pass. So, would you rather have the prophetic word pointing to a coming event or a present day experience? Well, I think truthfully, personally, we would probably want experience. Who wants to wait thousands of years for God's word to come to pass? They go, oh, come on, Ed, I'm only going to live, you know, I'm only going to live 80 or 90 years. Okay, who wants to live 80 or 90 years waiting for God's word to come to pass, trusting him, abiding in him, waiting, going through pain, suffering, when I can have an experience? Just give it to me all in experience. Peter is telling us, the Holy Spirit is telling us that it's the word of God that will ground you in life. The problem with experiences is all they do is produce a desire for more experience and more experience. We've seen this over the years. But biblically, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, for Jews request a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach 
Christ crucified. And because the Jews were seeking a sign, this is what preaching Christ crucified did. It says, to the Jews, a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those that are called Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The children of Israel are a great example of this. Experience will not sustain you. Experience will not establish you. Experience is not what is the foundation of your life. Building your life on experience is equivalent to building your life on the sand. It will not sustain the storms of life. It will not sustain the accusations of the enemy. It will not sustain the, the, the accusations from your friends and family that at the wrong time, you know, really at the right time, but at the wrong time in your life, that you're on a weak moment, some accusation pierces your soul because your heart is not guarded by the truths of God's word, the prophetic word that's sure and steadfast. The children of Israel, what? They saw the Red Sea miraculously. They lived with having manna given to them every day. They were given food and preserved for 40 years. They saw God present, present miracles to the, in the wilderness regularly, but they didn't enter into the promised land. That generation didn't enter in because of unbelief. Because it all started when they were told to go into the land and the spies went in. And the spies came back with an emotion. We're afraid. The giants are huge. It's, 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 it's too big for us. And actually those were truths, but they were given in fearful emotion. And that whole generation, because they listened to them, died in the wilderness. We're taught in the scriptures, faith comes by hearing and hearing by experiences. No, no, no. Hearing by what? The word of God. The Bible says in Mark 13, 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And you know, over the years, there's been an emphasis in churches. I mean, a lot of weird stuff have come in the name of Christ in churches. There was that season of holy laughter where guys, oh, 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 holy laughter. It was just so weird. Like it was weird. Anybody looking at it was like, that's, that's wrong. But thousands of people followed those guys. And they're all discouraged now or making it up. Oh no, it was real, but it's not real. But we got a new thing for you. Let's bark like dogs. Jesus name. That's gone. Barking in the spirit, laughing in the spirit, holy laugh. How about this one? How about we, those are gone. I know they're done. Let's roar like a lion now in the spirit. Well, that's gone. Chirping like a bird. I don't know if that existed, but if it did, it's gone. <laughs> but you know what we got now? This is a whole new phenomenon. I just read an article this morning um, before coming in. Gold dust, gold dust, gold dust. There's gold dust falling from the, no, it's actually not gold dust. It's dirt because we never clean up there. Like 14 years of dirt up there. There's a shaking here. There'll be stuff falling, but it's not gold dust. But these other gatherings. Where they say, oh, come for the gold dust. Come for the gold dust. Come for the gold dust. Uh, if gold dust is falling in your church, collect it. Gold is $2,000 an ounce. Collect it, melt it, and sell it, and send the money to missionaries. But it's not happening. It's fake. But people are all excited. And there was that season years ago, golden, you know, finding gold in your teeth. Yeah, you find gold in your teeth, there's a good chance a dentist put it there. But people get up and get caught up in this stuff. And you can just ask, where is that in the Bible? Well, there's a lot of things not in the Bible. I'll give that to you. But where is that in the Bible? Well, you know, there's a lot of experiences we have that's not in the Bible. Okay, 
Where is that in the Bible? Yeah, but you know, you know, there, there, you got, you got a pulpit. That's not in the Bible. Okay, where is that in the Bible? Just tell me. Just show me. You show me gold dust in the Bible, I'll get rid of the pulpit. By the way, there are teaching platforms in the Bible. You know that. Maybe not with a screen like this, but there are. If they had them, I'm sure they'd use them for the glory of God. But just show me where it's in the Bible. Just Maybe not specifically, because there's a lot that we learn by application. Just show me anything that looks like that. Show me a time when Jesus said, come on, everybody, let's get together. Woo-hoo, come on, let's yell, let's bark, let's yell, let's be crazy. And then look, gold dust. Gold dust. No, because Jesus, that's not his character. That's not his nature. He didn't come to hype people up with gold dust. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to encourage the hurting, comfort the downcast. He came to forgive of sins. He came to give and not to take. He came to serve and not be served. Listen, if you get hooked in with experience, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. You're going to get hooked. And that hook is going to take you, whoever's holding that hook, whatever false teacher's got that hook, is going to take you away from, listen, and this is what we'll tie it all together. It's going to take you away from the simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of Christ. As I mentioned earlier, from time to time, someone will come up after a Bible study or send me some email and say, you know, pastor, that message is just too simple. It was just too simple. I need meat. And my heart is always, well, and it depends on what kind of mood I am in that day of how I respond. Because sometimes I do respond strongly. Maybe up here, maybe you come to, well, you know, that was just simple, simple, simple. Okay, do you, what do you want me to do? Make it complicated? You want me to make the Bible hard to understand? Do, do you want to leave here thinking, oh, Wow. Wow, what a smart guy that's in the pulpit. He's so smart. He knows so many things I don't know. That's the guy. So smart. Look at all the languages he knows and all the, things, all the people he reads. Is that what you want? You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Because I was discipled to keep things simple. And I spent a lot of time and effort and prayer to keep things simple. I was discipled to teach the Bible and occasionally quote men. And that's what I'm committed to do. I was not discipled to teach men and maybe mention the Bible every now and then. Because it's power in the gospel. The power is in the gospel. The good news that Jesus Christ can change your life. And so, you know, I want you to leave here not great pastor, great preacher, great teacher. I want you to leave here. I want you to turn the radio off or turn off YouTube. And I just want you to, to leave here, not great teacher. I want you to leave here, great God. He is exalted. It's his majesty. And experience him. Today on Abounding Grace, we've been in 2 Peter, as Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through this marvelous book. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. 
Another way to take in a steady dose of God's Word is through the app and podcast. It's free. Just search for Ed Taylor. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, we'll send you a copy of Ebenezer Stones by Catherine McDougall. Are you discouraged or filled with anxiety today? It's often due to getting our focus off of God and onto our problems and difficulties. Well, this book will help you get your focus back where it should be, onto our faithful God. Catherine shows how an ordinary stone can be a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness. We appreciate the generosity of our listeners. It helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. Thank you for standing with us. Call 877-30-GRACE. And don't forget to request Ebenezer Stones when you give $25 or more. That's 877-30-GRACE or online at calvaryco.store. And then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of 2 Peter. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.